This episode brought to you by Iron Galaxy. Scream like a school kid with Capsule Force, an intergalactic retro anime multiplayer game now available on PS4 and Steam. Check it out at CapsuleForce.com. Tonight on Bullstone, a snow blanket in New York City vows to dig out from the record snowfall. Quote the mayor, we won't rest until it smells like piss again. Stop hitting yourself. 40% of poll respondents say yes. 60% say ow. A picture is worth a thousand herds. <laughs> Middle Eastern traders now accepting works of art for livestock. New research indicates that if you like pina coladas and the taste of champagne, then a bar called O'Malley's is probably the worst choice you could make. Google Translate now available beneath the sea. And shrimp are pissed. Never look a gift horse in the south? New laws forbidding giving horses for free in Alabama. All of these thoroughly researched stories and more tonight on another hard-ending episode of Bullstone! In the sound of my voice, hear and obey. Well, welcome to Bullstone. I'm Dave Stecco. <laughs> I'm David Flora. He told me to, to say this, so yeah. I have to comply. So shall it be. The oh. pact has been sealed. <laughs> and by virtue of the fact that uh, I'll take all of your silence as assent, you two are now complicit. <laughs> like that? Oh, Flora. Oh, but it's not just me that has to listen to such brilliance. It is also... Our good friend, J.V. Gish. That's right. J.V.G. It's real honor to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, we are so glad to have you here. Uh, we, we asked uh, our friend Jay on. Jay is a fellow improviser mm-hmm. in the city. Uh, in fact, one of the improvisers I think I've known the longest yep. because he cast me in a show, uh, stupidly enough, way, way back in the day. <laughs> in the day. Way yeah. back in the day. Um, I performed with, with Jay for years. Uh, on Damascus Steel, as did you, Mister uh-huh, Flora, uh-huh. and it was it was Jay who ushered us into the podcast uh, yeah, realm. Right. Oh wow! Yeah, you're actually taking royalties from you guys. You, you should be, <laughs> but you'll never get them. <laughs> Dollars you, or donuts? You get prima nocta at best. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, we asked Jay on. Jay is also um, if you want to find him in the city and and go see him, and get some laughs. You can. Go to the LOL Theater, uh, Laugh Out Loud Theater, and uh, you can find shows and information there at lolimprov.com. Where you will, R-O-F-L. That's right. But seriously, don't. They don't mop very often, and it's sticky. <laughs> Isn't there a T in that? I don't think so. Okay. I, I think the the kids leave the... The T is a waste of time out. for the kids. Yeah. These little go-gurt slurpers got no time for your T's. Yep. I'm on the old man internet where they're still putting T's yeah. in the thing. Jay, we, we've wanted to get Jay on here for a while. Yeah. Uh, Flora just, kept fighting it. I, I was like, <laughs> I appreciate that. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, uh, but here he is. We're going to, we're going to talk some news stories with Jay and mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think everybody will have a good time. 
I'm tempted to say I, I guarantee it. I got a lot of stares yeah, after that one. That was great. I think. Uh, I hope it's true. I think this should work out. Uh, <laughs> uh, who wants to launch into the news of January? Oh, look. Oh, this we have to talk about the the ninth planet, right? Yes. Yes, sure we do. do. It must sure be discussed. Do. We found Planet Nine again in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crappy. <laughs> we call it Lugosi. <laughs> Edward gets the shaft one more time. I get it. Poor guy. <laughs> well, he's actually he's there's two moods, and one of them. His Glenn and the other's Glenda. <laughs> and they just move around. <laughs> he did all right. Planet <laughs> Kashmir. Like, no, cut that out because that's my erotic fan fiction. I'm writing that story. <laughs> I'm going to get paid. <laughs> you've, you've got a very lucrative business you're sitting on. I hope you know <laughs> that's being generated from ideas from this podcast. And yeah. all you need to do is put pen to paper. <laughs> People people pay upwards of 99 cents for those things <laughs> on their Kindles. Ooh. Uh, it's a subscription service. You know, like you pay me, you know, $15 a day and you can have as many of those as you want. I got 15 a day. <laughs> well, sex sells. Okay. It's for called- the price of two cups of coffee. <laughs> two giant cups of coffee from a fancy Julia, place. Julius Meinl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Julius Meinl's good. So, so you've got, uh, you've got the info for us. Yeah. I mean, you guys, have you heard this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. this is true. Yeah, Dave. Uh, yeah. The pla- yeah. <laughs> planet Nine, Dave. The yeah. planet has not been directly observed, but uh, the math of, uh, I guess, other chunks of uh, bodies flying around it uh, are, are congruent with the fact that there could be a planet larger than Neptune outside the orbit of Pluto. Uh, so, so far out there, uh, that the sun almost doesn't shine on it or shines on it very little. Mm. So therefore it's dark. We can't see it, but the math, uh, of other things being pulled by its orbit indicate that it's there. Well, here's the thing. If it does exist, would that be the place where we put things because the sun don't shine there? (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of threats to follow up on. Yeah, we do. It's been a lot of work because that is a an expensive trip. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I, w- I would love that. I would love to find a a, 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 a dark creeper planet that's just been watching. It, it's <sighs> it's weird to think of. Yeah. Uh, but this is how they found uh, Neptune and and the other uh, big ones out with there. math with the math because they they were like, uh, and by they I mean astronomers. Uh, <laughs> Early modern astronomers were like these. These planets are acting really strangely. They shouldn't be acting this way, according to the numbers, unless there was something acting upon them. Mm-hmm. And then, when they finally were able to, they looked out and, and saw, you know, Neptune, Uranus, <laughs> and all that. And and that's you know, and so this is it's a very good indicator that yeah, in fact, there may be something out there. But the fact that it's bigger than Neptune blows my mind me too i it not that i'm not an astronomer i'm not in that they category yet it (laughs) shatters a few of the preconceived notions that i had about planets Uh which was i thought the reason pluto was so tiny was because that nothing that big could be out that far and still stick in orbit around the sun yeah i would imagine yeah that things the more massive things would be you know 
pulling inwards. Or, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Jupiter itself has cleaned up a bunch of uh, our solar system because things mm-hmm. crash into it, right? It pulls right. them in. And it's, I mean, bigger than this planet. But still, I thought, oh, Pluto and tiny little meager <laughs> chunks of things are all that can be held out that far uh, from the, the sun's gravity. But Now, is it, are they saying it's past the Kuiper belt? Uh, you just, I love saying Kuiper belt. <laughs> I do. It's, it's awesome. Because the reason I ask why you're looking for that mm-hmm. is there's at some point, it's no longer the solar system out there. Do we know what that point is? Is it the belt? It is vague. It's, it's, it's a little past that, but it's, how do they calculate it? It's, and it's called something, right? Like the heliosphere or something like that. Yeah. The, 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 um, it's not the heliosphere. It's the helio. It's the the point at which the light from the sun stops being meaningful. This is this is where that one space probe pushed out of. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Voyager. you're talking about that. But that see, edge. even even Voyager, there. I, I was actually at the Adler Planetarium last week, and they were talking about where Voy- Like it was like a, you know, this is where the Earth is when it keeps expanding out, and it's like, oh, this is where Voyager is. It. Uh, they were like arguably outside the the solar system. I, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a. Well, there's not, a, there's a not like a place. yeah a line that's out there that you, it's not like an end zone. Right. Although the things that Voyager recorded as it passed that uh, line were kind of weird is what I learned on Radiolab. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like there were weird sounds, like the sound of it breaking that barrier was weird and hard to define. And they're like, what's happening to it as it exits the influence of, of the sun. But it, to, back to this planet, like if it's circling the sun, if they determine that, that is what is happening, then it can't be outside the solar system, right? Or that then yeah. it's a comet? Yeah, it can't. I mean, I, by virtue of the fact that it is being acted upon by the gravity of our sun, right. it is in the solar system. And you were right. It is the heliosphere. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know if this is it. Uh, I, as I recall, I don't think it's outside the Kuiper belt, but my, the article I'm looking at doesn't really mention that. Space is big. Isn't that the answer to that question? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and here's the, the mind-blowing thing. Isn't it as, as far as Jupiter is from the sun is how far Saturn is from Jupiter? Oh, really? Is that true? You were at the, you were at the place a week ago. They didn't I was, tell you that. I was you drinking. Everything. <laughs> I was drinking. Oh. They do, I, they do this great thing like once a month called Adler After Dark. You show up. You just get tranked up on liquor and just wander around and mess I've with never stuff. been, so let me know the next time you I will. go. I I'm going to go we'll, next month. Yeah. Now we'll go. Was that the same function where a month ago, roughly, they had the Jedis with the swords fighting in the middle of the night at the planetarium? Mm, I hope so. I saw some photos on Facebook. I think that's just a regular occurrence. Every <laughs> yeah. Day. Oh, that's just a space thing. That makes sense. It's just a planetarium. <laughs> a planetarium. Uh I think I think I've heard that it's some mind blowing thing like that. Like people don't because when you see the picture, everything just lines up. Lines right. Nice. Well, we have to be able to see it on the page, right? <laughs> but uh, something like the distance from the sun to Jupiter is the same as the distance from Jupiter to Saturn. It, it's something as crazy like that, and that also just blows my mind. I right. can't. I, I can't handle it. I think it's awesome. I would. I mean. To have to have something massive out there, first of all, you'd want to know, you know, what it's comprised of and and what it's what it does and you know how how things work out there because it it's strange to have and I guess of course this could happen, but something that is held in the gravity well of a star but does not benefit from any of the light of that star, right? And that and I guess that's not so. I mean, like brown dwarfs are not very luminous, but they are extraordinarily massive. So, but you just think 
well, how can you be held in the gravity of a star and not be benefiting from some of that sweet, sweet solar radiation? And what are you doing out there? You're not cleaning up the asteroid belt. You're not shining a light back on the thing. You're not factoring into our diagrams. What, <laughs> yeah. What's your purpose? <laughs> Get a job. Yeah. <laughs> Lazy giant planet. What do you? I, you can just hang out at that orbit. I'm wondering. Uh, <laughs> I'm wondering what the what the orbital path is though too, because we all think of it as a, a flat disk. I have a diagram of that actually. There's oh. a there's a photo that shows you. Which oh. one is it? The, it's yellow, the yellow one? one. Yeah, and all the purple ones are the other ice chunks that are uh, uh fixed or uh, are messed with by its orbit. Uh, so Dave, do you want to? Can you describe that? You break that down for us, John Madden style. It doesn't show the whole solar system, so I know how useful right, it is. Jay, here's what you got here. <laughs> All right, you got the uh, sun in the middle. Duh, I'm not going to bore you with that, but this is where things get exciting, okay? The X's got, and O's. I've got extraordinarily massive chunks of ice. They're going to be bowling around this edge right here. Do you see what they're doing? They're curling around the edge. They're going to use that gravity as a slingshot. Now, boom, that is with a side blind. They're just going to blast right into the orbital path of this unknown planet, knocking it to the ground, hoping to dislodge that moon. Because once they can get that moon into their own orbit, that's when the score really changes. Back to you, Flora. So that, let me see it. I'll yeah, describe it Have a you. closer gander. <laughs> oh, give me that. I'll actually try. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And and you know what? I think the this new planet is really a contender for MVP this year, but uh, <laughs> rookie of the year, at least. It's, I, I, I'm trying to, it's kind of like a Venn diagram in a way, the, the orbits that they're showing. Now, you said these purple ones are, what are these, comets? Those are, as I understand it, objects very similar to Pluto, just a slightly smaller and with a less, uh, a smaller orbit. Okay. Well, it's, it's, those are very elliptical. They're, they're very like flattened egg mm-hmm. uh, shaped in their orbits. This one is kind of uh, cutting maybe a quarter th- through a quarter of their orbits, but it's very round. I'm so glad I didn't even try. Uh, but it's it's like, uh, you, you know, you think of a Venn diagram where the circles are overlapping and everything. That's yeah. kind of how it is. So I'm guessing the rest of the solar system is contained within yeah, inside. Yeah. In, in all of those in orbit, and I did see this at the Adler last week, it showed the different orbits of the different planets. And when you see all those, yeah, I mean, I think that if you ask somebody, uh, they would say, well, no, I don't think that all of the planets orbit on this perfectly flat plane. Mm-hmm. But I think in trend, like intuitively, people kind of think that because that's how you, that's the only way you ever see it displayed. Exactly. Again, it has to fit in the picture. Yeah, we don't have holograms. To, 2D. Yeah. 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 So, so unless someone's really trying to teach you that that's not the case, you never see it displayed that way. Right. And so every orbit is going to have this, this tight portion to one end uh, that's, you know, even our orbits are, are, you know, oblate. They, they're little, not. Yeah. And so they. Uh, Shout so, out to Mercury for having the most circular orbit. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. He's getting it done. <laughs> Teacher's pet. <laughs> no, I want to be right next to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> he may not be in the ring for MVP, but I do think rookie of the year. I think he will give planet oh, yeah. nine a shot. Well, you know, actually, I read a really interesting paper that if they did want to start building any kind of, um, this was an offshoot of when we were talking about Dyson spheres, but just talking about um, orbital solar arrays, that the best way to do that would be to send autonomous mining uh, craft to Mercury and disassemble the planet for raw materials. Slowly, not <laughs> yeah. with just like an explosion. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like like in a controlled, you know, like, like strip mining a planet. That makes sense, but doesn't it seem like the first time our, our human race ever does that, we'll do it by exploding first? <laughs> 
Yeah. Do uh, we ever do a thing like that the first time right? Yeah, no. Carefully? That's true. <laughs> I mean, you'd think we'd know better to explode Mercury, but it seems like if we were going to do it the first time, that's how it would happen. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Mm. Got to blow them up. Would Do you have a sense that Mercury would be enough? Is that enough material? Or is that just the start of a great Dyson sphere? No, no, no. I mean, not 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 a Dyson sphere. I mean, the, the amount of material required for that, I, I couldn't even begin to guess. But But just to build a large... Uh, solar array solar array or even something at there's you know uh, gravitational lensing there is a yes. point between earth and the sun that you could put an array that you're not only collecting light from the sun you are collecting light from all the stars occluded by the sun whose light is then focused Focus. to that point um now they do want to put a, a telescope there but you could also you know put a, a pretty effective uh solar collector there now, do not tell thanos yeah <laughs> 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 the, the downside, but the big setback there, why, why the reason why a uh, observatory is a better choice is how do you then get that in that energy to the planet? Oh, I assumed it would be beamed. It's not in, inherently well, beamed somehow. They're working on quantum teleportation. Oh my god! Go. I'm guessing that's it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <how you> <laughs> well. Here's the thing, though. I mean, like quantum teleportation. I don't know. How, I mean, that would require so much energy just to do that, and I don't know if it works. Well, no, I, I guess it does work on photons, but at that scale, I don't know. Do they use microwaves? Do they? Is it because they can condense it into a singular beam that they can then fire that? And how do you know that beam doesn't become a giant death laser? Well, it does. You yeah. just have to contain it. Right. You know. Did you guys ever read was the, um, off the top of my head, I want to say it's Ben Bova, but I don't think that's correct. The Couldn't end, be Ben Bova. Ben Dover? Ben, the the uh, Red Mars, Green Mars, Blue Mars trilogy. Okay. Is a science wow. fiction trilogy. Uh, let me just get the name of this. Oh this my god, Joker! Yeah, um, I believe it's Ben Dover. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover. Yeah, you are schooling me on an entire area of sci-fi that I think I've never heard of. So, oh, they're great books. Um, and they're all about oh, Mars. Sorry, sorry. it's uh, yeah, Kim Stanley Robinson. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, Kim Stanley Robinson, aka Ben Dover. <laughs> you guys have never heard of Ben Bova? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm afraid not. Fine. <laughs> uh, you know what? I this is what it feels like to be in a room with me. This is like the perfect. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, th- that's, that's comeuppance right We're there. Bring a mirror to <laughs> society. <laughs> Damn it. Y'all, y'all talking about bend over? Har, 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 har. Okay, okay. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun. We, we have fun. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so this this series of books is about uh, Earth's colonization of Mars and how that would progress over a, a long period of time. And at one point, they do make these great solar energy collectors, and then they instantly become uh, they 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 become weapons because Mars tries to become autonomous from Earth and Mars Earth's, attacks. And, Mer- and Earth is like, oh yeah, so yeah, you're right. What could we do? Except for control that gigantic solar collector in orbit and turn it into a death ray and just start <laughs> slorching whole sections of the planet. <laughs> the chilling warning for us all. Yeah. <laughs> just saying. So did you get to any of the stuff in, in your reading, Jay, uh, where Planet 9, the new Planet 9, is Planet X or as, uh, as oh. in our circles we like to call it Nibiru? Or Nemesis. Or Nemesis or Tiamat. <laughs> No. No. Or, or, or Lester. <laughs> Lurking. It is a creeper planet. 
I think I think that's how they first found it is like they got like the the X ray converted to audio of just going. <laughs> that's why voids your head such a hard time deciphering this yep like what is this (laughs) i can't see anything (laughs) uh so this goes back to uh uh, zacharias sitchin and it is the birthplace of the anunnaki have you heard of them if it hasn't been a subject of a full blurry photos, the answer is no. Well, it it hasn't. We've we've hinted at them and stuff, but okay. yeah, we've winked at it at the bar a few times, but we haven't like sent a drink down to it just yet. Yeah, this is um this is this is kind of the base. I don't want to say basis, but in a way, it's it's one of the cornerstones. I would say of ancient aliens, the the show and stuff. They really like to go back to uh, this uh, Anunnaki coming down. Uh, enslaving or in some cases creating the human race to mine gold for them. Anyways, Not just any gold, monoatomic gold, gold. Yeah, Re- regular gold, too many atoms. <laughs> We've got time. <laughs> this means it has one atom in the whole, it's, all it, of it. It's, it's one. Atom. <laughs> it's monoatomic gold. It's it, monoatomic, dude. It's monoatomic. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to read up. Yeah. Did, did uh did Dianetics uh, cross over any of this? Because it sounds very similar to should have, but it missed opportunity by them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, it comes from the uh, the writer. I'll just say writer uh, Zachariah Sitchin, who who has a lot of ideas on ancient alien type theories. Uh, Eric Von Daniken, I believe, yeah. touched upon that some chariots some of the of gods. His. Could you but, spell Sitchin for me? I need to see words in my head, and I have no. I think it's Does it start with an X. No. Oh. I think it's S I T C H I N. Okay. And Zechariah is the first name. He's not Mormon. No. Okay. I don't I don't believe so. He's a uh, Soviet. Whoa. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Soviet born American. Uh but anyway, Nibiru is it's a planet that uh orbits the sun once every like 26,000 years or, or yeah, 19,000 years right. or something something like that. Uh, it's and like a planetary brigadoon. Yeah, and and when it comes, it brings destruction. And and either it's now obviously we haven't done an episode on this, and I'm kind of fuzzy because I haven't seen Ancient Aliens in a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's uh, it, it there's a lot of old tales about it from the old uh, civilizations. They'll they'll allude to it. They say uh, of a of a planet or or a god. Uh, in in some cultures, they call it Tiamat. In in uh, others, it's Nibiru, or by Zechariah Sitchin, he's named it Nibiru, uh, and I forget where it, where that comes from. But it it comes, it, it foretells doom. The Anunnaki live there. <laughs> it's one of these real out there uh, theories, and I really think people are starting to buzz like little cold bees about. Oh my God, Planet X is real, and. In fact, uh, I think they even say with the math on this planet, it does have an orbit that brings it to around the sun once every around 20,000 years, I think. It's that long? It's that yeah. long. That's crazy. One year is, or one orbit uh, is 20,000 years. And I think they said that, uh, to put in perspective, Pluto is 248 years. Oh my God. Something like that for how long it takes to orbit the sun once. Right. Uh, and so. 
well, the fact that this is, you know, the amount of time it takes, the how how large it is, yeah. how just crazy, you know, that the fact that there is a, a a hidden planet out there is people are I think starting to go a little little nuts. Well, you've told me three things and I'm convinced. So yep. what is that? <laughs> this is happening. So what does that mean? What does that portend? What happens now? We get attacked it's, by aliens? We start arming ourselves. Is that what happens? It's always a war with those people? <laughs> no, we're smash into our planet what happens it doesn't smash in but i think it uh it, it comes in like a wrecking ball it it uh it really screws some stuff up in fact i think they i saw the, melancholia can i say that some of the uh <laughs> theories about the ancient alien stuff with this is that it either didn't it, it it i don't think oh man there's something about something did crash into the earth okay and it was cataclysmic. Killed the dinosaurs. No, it was maybe even before that. Oh. Either that helped form the moon or something. Oh, yeah. Or, or Astronomers Earth. kind of believe that that's how the moon was formed, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, sit, stitch it together with, with whatever the <laughs> f*** you got laying around. I mean, it's, that's how it works. <laughs> but, like, something about when it comes around, it really does screw things up. That's too vague for me. I need specifics, David Flora. Oh, here's here's some specifics for you. Depending on how close it is... To our orbital path, it really could screw some things up when it comes by. Well, he's, but he's the Earth has like, been around for more than a couple twenty thousands. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. This is not. I, I would say at this point, even even with something with a, an orbital period of twenty two thousand years, we've seen it a lot, hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of times. And anything that it was going to fuck up, it is thoroughly fucked up. And I think it's it's at this point where the un. Molly Brown. I don't think it's gonna. But wait, what about the wobble? Our uh, our planet has a wobble. Mm-hmm. What if this planet's wobble causes it to process? Am I using that word correctly? Yes, you are. So the orbit processes so that we only actually line up on a flat dinner plate with that orbit once every. I'm terrible at math. Once every billion years. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well, and that that is possible, and it could be that that is the gravitational effect that it affects Earth's precession, which would mess with uh, our seasons. Um, oh, yeah. It would, you know, that would have some uh, some climatological uh, could finally that. explain the the flipping of the poles. They don't really know why that happened. Am I right? Am I wrong? Oh, uh, they, they have ideas. With that, is this though, one? Is this the number one idea? I yeah, I mean, I don't think that they know for sure why that flips, but I know that they are anticipating like that that we're due for a flip. Just based on the period of how it's happened yeah. before, and but they don't they don't expect a cataclysm, or they do when that happens. Well, oh. there's gonna be one that that'll be like an actual Y two K. Well, there's one of two I think that happens with that, right? It, it's either a magnetic pole shift or it's a physical pole shift, and yeah, you, you want the former, even though has neither a, of them will be has a good. physical pole shift that would require the Earth to flip, right? Yeah, that there's actually a, happened. There's a book know, called I'm, "The Fingerprints of the Gods." You aware yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah. That which is about uh, uh basically centers on where the pyramids that's Von were, Anakin, right? Isn't it? Uh, I think that's uh, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock. Yep, you're right. I think this is it. I think I read it when I was a kid. So it uses the uh, it it proclaims that there is si- there are signs of water erosion on the pyramids, which happened during a time of the flip where uh, the earth snapped because the poles uh, very quickly flipped, which caused, you know, the whole thing to shake and shimmy and rotate, which basically swept ocean water over all of the land. And when it resettled, you know, it, it went back down like a, like in a sink, but that's what that book says happens when the poles shift which is yeah, like a big snap. Hmm. I, I, I think that is thing. possible. Yeah. Now, is it, you, you know, Venus does, 
pole shifts and I can't remember if it's magnetic or physical. I think it's magnetic. It would, it would almost certainly, I'd be, I would be willing to bet a huge amount of money that it is purely magnetic. Yeah. Well, because if, if a planet flipped physically, yeah, because keep in mind that we are also uh, gyroscopically, gyroscopically stabilized. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So the, the idea, I mean, even just taking a gyroscope and trying to turn it over in your hand, you can do it, but you feel the resistance to that. You would it would require a change in the rotation of the Earth, which would have uh a, I would I would to my mind a lot more physical evidence of that rather than a nebulous. Uh, we think there might be some erosion on these pyramids, even though the pyramids we see now are not the the actual exteriors of the pyramids. It's the one layer in because all because <laughs> the, the outside was eroded by the water. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> checkmate, JVG. God. <laughs> got me again. Also, I think you're underrating the possibility that our planet is the Nadia Comaneci. Of planets oh. and it can torque and rotate its tiny supple body mm-hmm. to a to a gold medal that's true in a split second <laughs> oh, in the space yet. olympics <laughs> once every twenty six thousand years oh, oh earth, kindle single hello <laughs> you are my nadia planet earth no <laughs> fly for me She'll do it. Yeah, she will. That's what she does. <laughs> Stick the landing. Actually, you know what, though? Something fun fact I learned. Uh, Romanian, not a Slavic language. It's a Romance language. It's closer to uh, French and Spanish. Which and makes Italian. total oh. sense if you think about the name of the country being after. I work with a Romanian woman, and we, I was asking her about that, and, and she's like, I know, it's a romance language so when you do that accent it doesn't sound like a romanian person or it does and that's just happens to be romance somehow no i thought she was greek okay well i don't know what that tells me yeah she's got a she got an accent but crazy (laughs) but who can place it it didn't yeah it doesn't you know i don't know it's 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 a tough to place accent is it like a, a south african accent where no. it feels like it's cobbled together with eight different directions. Yeah, it sounds like a shitty British accent. <laughs> For a second. And they're like, oh, wait, he's Irish. No, wait, he's Australian. Yeah, what no. is happening? Little Dutch. No. <laughs> yep. A little that, too. Well, we could talk about space all damn day. But why? <laughs> but why? So we're gonna. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that, that is. I think that's probably the biggest news of January, really. Very interesting. Lots of stuff to it. I mean, we could do a, an episode on Planet X. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. I mean, um, we pretty much already just did it right now. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to have to verify that back to what you said here. <laughs> yeah. Make sure it checks out. I'd have to really uh, uh, figure out what the hell I was trying to say about the Sitchin stuff and <laughs> the Hananaki. What the Sitch is. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's keep going. Let's uh, let's see what else we got here. Laura, what do you got? Uh, what, okay. I've got, a, I've got a bit of a depressing one. Oh, Sweet, good. bring us down. There will be more plastic than fish in our oceans by 2050. This is for sure? Uh, according to the math. Damn it. According to human nature, which doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it says the world, this is coming from uh, futurism.com, the world's plastic garbage and poor disposal practices are damaging our environment and ending up in our oceans at an alarming rate. Is that by weight or by number of objects? I believe it's by weight. Uh, a lot of it talks about weight in here. It's a, it's a global study by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. It's a quality foundation. Oh, God, yeah. They do good work. <laughs> Apparently, it's it's uh, led by yachtswoman Ellen MacArthur. <laughs> oh, she broke the <laughs> f- buoyant ceiling? <laughs> she, she, she's not the so plastic fo- ceiling. Yeah, she's not so foolish as to try to be like an admiral, but... She's a solid yachtswoman. Yep. Yeah, well, 
take that, boys, over at the marina. Yeah, it says, says that uh, the plastic will outweigh marine life by 2050 if we don't figure out better ways to recycle or just f***ing recycle at all. It also says about 95% of plastic packaging worth 80 to $120 billion a year is lost to the economy after a single use. So I guess you could be repurposing that, saving that much money. Right. But instead, it's that. in the ocean and we're but making no money it off makes of it. it way, it makes its way. Not only do, we, do economies not make money off of it, it kills the damn planet, so, which is a loss. Uh, so then what we do is we get an offshore plastic mining platform. Mm-hmm. We start drilling for plastic. <laughs> It'd just be big nets. Yeah. I was going to say maybe netting for <laughs> no, plastic. No, no, no. Then we get a trawler that just chews through like a coral reef. Great. Sifts out all the, you know, the who cares. Shoot that out the ass. Save the valuable plastic. If you could crank up the acidity of the oceans just that much more, oh. you wouldn't have to physically chew up the coral. That's true. It'll just and dissolve. Only the strong yeah, just alkalize the <laughs> And then we change the pH, or not mm. the pH, we change the actual density of the ocean Ooh. through additives until the plastic just floats. Right. It's like a giant dead sea, yeah, literally. Literally. Get all that sweet, sweet plastic. 150 million tons of plastic are estimated to be in the ocean right now, in, in, in the oceans, not, not the ocean. Right. 150 million tons, though. And if things just keep going as they're going, it says uh, the ocean's expected to contain one ton of plastic for every three tons of fish. By 2025, and then by 2050, more plastic than fish. Which is good. Now, I know what you're thinking. Is that going to raise the overall sea level? No, because most of that plastic will be replacing fish. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's fair trade plastic. Yeah. Fair trade in fish guts. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Popeye. (laughs) Uh, That was also the sound the knife goes in, guts come (laughs) out. That's what Yotsushina, sh- sh- the, the fishing concern is all about. <laughs> Mr. Spockle. <laughs> yeah, and, and so they're, you know, they're they're basically just saying reuse the, the plastic, recycle it. It makes perfect sense. It's really disheartening in that I feel like I have heard that message for at least the previous decade, if was, not two. I was just going to say, I'm glad someone finally had the guts to say, hey, maybe we should recycle. <laughs> it's a ballsy it's, it, move. I've, you know, when did you first hear about the giant uh, plastic trash island in the in that one vortex in the oh, water? Yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And, and I feel... And can only grow from there. Right. I feel like, like when that happened, I thought maybe that was a turning point. Like, oh, we'll start using less plastic or so no, recycling start more. start selling tickets to go see it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's apparently a giant island that has formed, right, in the ocean. As I understand it, you can't actually see it. It's not actually an island. It's more like a soup. Oh, So okay. it's just like, there's it, there it is, but you can't really see it. It's like it. a cloud in the water. Right. You'd be like, well, there's refuse. real real lousy water here, and it cool. looks like a, a dark color because, yeah, there's a bunch of plastic in it. Wow. Yeah. It's it's not like that island that, that one kid got lost on or, or <laughs> stranded on. From Richard Parker, and and then it lit up at night, and then there were like things that were trying to eat him, right? Life of Pi. Whoa, not me, man. You're you're looking for some art. I barely paid attention film. to it. Anyway, I didn't know what you were talking about until you quoted the title of the movie, which I never saw. But thank yeah, you for doing that. Here. That tied it up for me. Richard Parker. Um, <laughs> I was like Lord of the Flies. Yeah, I, there are I lots of island stories. Yeah, I didn't know where he was going with that either. Well, anyway, I feel like here's the deal. We try to recycle here. Uh-huh. We've got 
there are blue trash cans outside, not not the recycle the, bins. Yeah, they're they're recycle bins. We've got black bins that are out there that blam, are just blam. for regular trash. Trash. Bam, blam. And uh, we throw our our plastic and glass and paper into the the blue bins and I don't know where it goes. Yeah. The, I don't I I feel like I hear stories all the time of people saying they throw them in the same truck. Yeah. Uh the Several years ago, the the reader, the local free paper here, did I, I think a, a pretty deep investigation of that. Uh, and what I recall of it was the stuff does go to a place where it's recycled, but it's it's all like it's all in one thing, right? And so somebody has to separate it and make sure that there's not bottle caps or feces or whatever in the bags. And of course, there is because the city sure. of the side of Chicago, just things are going to happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're going to get and, some <laughs> shit in your bottle. I mean, you are. And so it's just very time consuming and expensive to have people crawl through it. I, I totally understand that because people that aren't us use our trash cans all the time and throw dog shit in there and they, they'll throw cigarettes and, you know, whatever, whatever they have in their hand, they'll just throw it into our uh, trash bins. I totally understand that it's a pain in the ass to, to sort all that stuff out. Either there's got to be a better way to do it or somebody needs to invent it. But right? you know, I, I don't think it's a question of a better way. We've got pretty effective ways of doing it. It's simply it's people do it. Yeah, yeah. You just have to get people to do it. And which and, means you have to incentivize them. Yeah. In the short uh, term <laughs> until it becomes, uh, until it just becomes the accepted culture. I mean, like we, we're, we are habitual creatures. Once we learn a habit, we do not get rid of that habit. Wow. I'm Even, reading the book, the power of habit now. I mean, oh, not see. right, right now, but generally oh, what speaking. About nuns? <laughs> no, I say <laughs> it's a graphic novel about superpowered nuns. <laughs> they really kick some ass. I, I, I did not. I've for, for all my life, I've thrown garbage away in bins. It was not a hard thing for me to say. All right, I'm gonna start throwing my plastic into you know another bag and put it in a different colored bin. Right. And, and but keep in mind also that there's a lot of uh, reasons why people don't that are they're just economic. Like a lot of waste management companies charge you more for recycling, and if you don't give a f- to begin with, and they're asking you to pay money to give a, f- a lot of people will will withhold that. F- they will keep it. Should it be socialized? Should it be something that is provided? Yeah. For maybe like imp- ten cents extra a week. If it's important, you find a way to make to I mean, get it done. I and guess it's, it's still paying for it in that respect. But the hard thing is that a lot of recycling programs are funded, like they they sell the plastic that they get in, and that's right. how they pay for the program. Right mm-hmm. now, right now, I mean, oil hit what twenty four dollars a barrel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Low. it is it is dirt cheap, and so it is very uh, economically difficult to fund those operations because they're all privately funded. They are all for profit. They are all doing it to make money by selling the plastic overseas for, for use. Um, and if it's not fiscally viable to do that, then a lot of those programs shut down and that's been happening across the country, uh, Hmm. for years. I mean, even, even when, uh, oil was, was a lot more valuable, it's still hard to turn a profit on this scrap because so much of it. And I would buy so much of it. I mean, like 98% of it goes to China. If the Chinese economy slows down, like it is now, their, their manufacturing starts to drop a little bit. They don't need all those raw materials. And so that has a huge effect on how much we as a country recycle. I think that, yes, I think that recycling should fall under some sort of governmental mandate um, so that it gets done because 
things that are important that no one wants to pay for. Honestly, no one wants to pay for police. No one wants to pay for fire. I hate it. But, and if you, and, and, and there, there's, there's, this actually happens in some areas where you have to pay extra. If you live uh, in, in unincorporated parts around Detroit, you can pay extra to get that and uh, to get coverage. And they have to say, well, you didn't pay that additional tax. So you're not covered by a pol- a, a fire department. Oh. It sounds so mafia. Like when you say, I it. mean, it, <laughs> but, but it is, it's, it, it's, it's the privatized, econ- right? I the, mean, that's- the, it's not about privatization. It's about people opting to live in they're not in the tax that are, base that are so expensive to offer service to that they have to do something to make that to make that work wait because it's dangerous there or because it's fire prone why is it expensive well, there uh, because the problem with uh, with uh, in detroit in particular and i i could be getting these details mixed up because i'm just kind of firing from the hip here oh but as as detroit implodes as people fled the city you have these these very strange pockets of like a house then nothing for three blocks mm-hmm. then a house of of habitation um and it's very difficult to patrol all that so when these people when a person becomes functionally isolated in what 30 years ago was a vibrant neighborhood uh, it it becomes really difficult for smaller uh, police forces not not necessarily like detroit police department but some of these these closer uh neighborhoods that aren't quite a suburb you know kind of like 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 lincoln square would be to downtown chicago yeah um you know it's it's certainly a part of chicago still but it's it's towards the out, outer edge of that 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 middle nut darn tootin'. uh <laughs> it's right it's way outside the nut <laughs> <laughs> um but so they, there's this huge problem with how do you pay for these these patrols to functionally protect such a small number of people spread out such over such a large area uh and it's difficult and and like a rural areas have the same problem how do you how do you pay for when there isn't enough of a tax base to actually cover the cost of this of these services um it's and there there are grants and there's federal funding and things like that that kind of fill in the gaps i think something like that would be great well if i may uh proffer a thought experiment on the plastic uh which launched this whole thing follow me for a second uh and also ties to the idea that we have very cheap uh, oil right now uh, partly because the united states has been doing so much fracking Right, which involves uh, pushing something into the earth to force oil out, which leaves huh, I thought, pockets I, in the earth. If uh, I either you meant Battlestar fucking. <laughs> 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 now Starbucks hot, right? Oh. But what's she gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> <What> she- <laughs> Everyone's getting a skin job. What? You know what I mean? <laughs> Federal mandate. <laughs> I'm just saying, shove this, instead of throwing this plastic in the ocean, shove it in the holes where the fracking happened. Boom. I, to plug it up? That's, yes. And then we know where it is. Right. To dig it it's back up fill, if we need It's it filling up the mantle. Oh. Or crust, I guess. I'm not that great in so geology. It melted down. So we, well, there's like one layer there, of gooey plastic now that we've got, like, it's it's the once, outer crust. Once it hardens, it's it's like rock it's like a new cool kind of rock that's down there and has taken place of you know what fracking companies do now is uh, force a quote-unquote proprietary uh liquid mulch down in there uh, because they lobby state governments to not have to divulge what that liquid is right uh now i'll just be like well it's we melted down uh, your your coke bottles that's yeah. what's down there and it's not killing whales anymore. Now it's just filling now up the earth. Now it's just getting into our groundwater. Yeah, it's just no, ki- it's below the groundwater. It's killing more locks. Don't worry. The groundwater got in the initial fracking. Right. The fracking has already <laughs> done a number on that. What about tossing it in a volcano? 
I mean, that's faster. What if, what if you just and toss it's it in? Awesome. Too. Yeah, Don't faster. That. It's fun. Uh, you might have to worry about a little splashback, but who doesn't? Uh, I also helicopter for a lot of times a lot of times <laughs> the higher you are the bigger the splash I, I don't know if you notice a lot of volcanoes are located at the tops of mountains <laughs> and that's kind of difficult to get trash to <laughs> if you go to the so it's a cost thing unless you it's take it all cost. unless you take it all the hawaii where the where yeah they, where they're they're cool enough to have the volcanoes right right at sea level right, right just right coming up. out of a crack underneath your feet you're yeah. like trash trash it's like nature's wastebasket like full of lava but Tell me how that's not viable, though, besides the cost of transporting it to uh, the top of a mountain. Well, that's that that in and of itself is a huge part of it, too. I mean, it it doesn't like evaporate and, and, and even what is released needs to be scrubbed. It needs I mean, you're releasing a huge amount of fluorocarbons by just burning plastic. It's why we okay. you know, it's why tire fires are generally frowned upon. Sure. <laughs> Generally, yeah. but every once in a while, yeah, you know, you find a good reason for hey, one. If your team wins a regional <laughs> championship, they'll turn they'll turn a blind eye to a, to a good old fashioned victory tire fire. Hello, tire fire. Is there any way we to, earned this? Yeah, when, uh, when the fill- church, when the church barons took the pennant, <laughs> everyone was cool with the tire fire. <laughs> is there uh is there any way to uh, build a filtration system over it? It'd that. essentially be the same way that you make clean coal, right? Which has yeah. proved itself to be either outrageously expensive or impossible, technically. Yeah, scrubbers, CO two scrubbers, and and smokestacks. I mean, that's you you what you're what you want to do is you're you're asking to build a co- uh, a coal plant on top of a volcano because of all the all the technology required to to scrub that burning. You're burning petrochemicals in a coal plant. Mm. It's the same thing. And they require, you know, all these filtration systems and and uh, double scrubbers and CO two with holders and other things I'm making up as I go. Yeah, although to defend the optimist point of view for Dave a little bit, let me throw this at you. It does seem like we don't have it now, but theoretically, couldn't you invent like a screen door top that hangs over the top of the thing, and it just captures, you know, it just keeps what I was keeps the molecules from from rising up out of it. Is that is that yeah. impossible? Or like some of these nano fucking sheet things. Yeah, the gra- nano sheet things. The graphite, you know, graphene, graphene things that that uh, that very well could do it. I mean, they they. I, I read a paper a couple of weeks ago about graphene filtration systems. Yes, and uh, which are great. The the downside is they're 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 very at this point extraordinarily delicate, and they're they're graphene. They clog. I mean, they're really good at what they do. So good that they clog almost instantly. Mm. You know, you've got to right. find a way to put an uh, electric charge through them. That's actually one of the one of the things that they were talking about. Wow, uh, an alternating electric charge. But then you're only you're selecting for ionized particles. So now you've got inert particles. You've got a lot of carbon floating out of the air that is not necessarily going to get attracted to that. I find myself returning to David's mention of the uh, quantum entanglement. Oh, I think that may be our way out of them this. to the sun. Yep. I think I. I mean, like. I mean, I think you pick your poison. You pick the thing yeah. you don't like. And I would say plastic everywhere, bigger problem than a little extra, you know, uh, CO2 in the atmosphere. So make it fun. Make a theme park out of it, like La Brea Tar Pits. Hey, get your kids, bring your trash. We're going to the volcano today. That's the incentivization and, we're talking and it's, about. And it's like it's like a theme park. You pay five bucks at the front door. Oh, and 25. You, and you can throw whatever the fuck you want into a volcano and they've got those cameras like they do at uh roller coasters <laughs> and they've got it's, those those uh, uh shooter things where you pay a quarter and shoot other people with lava 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, like, oh, look at the look at look at that thing really go up, Oof, and people are like getting really clever and they're coming up with crazy shit to throw in a volcano because it's a fucking volcano. Yeah, you're not gonna hurt it. <laughs> it may hurt you. We might well, have to talk to the insurance companies, but I think it's worth it. Right. I bet I mean, there is some some place out there that is taking old uh, plastic and turning it into bricks or building material, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, that you know that that might be. That might be the way to go with some of that. You could build housing for, for people. That Bunch of tiny houses. Yeah. People need things to make tiny homes with. They're catching on. But anyways, that's uh, that's plastic. Plastic and our oceans. I like. Thanks for all the fish. I like. I like. I like. All right. I'm willing to have that problem just to have the solutions we discussed. <laughs> just to play around with a volcano. Yep. Well, you got Stieco. I've got a pretty cool little piece of medical science that just popped up. Ooh, medical um, now science. Now, this is, this is something that uh, people had kind of talked about before, and uh, medical science was quick to be like, shut the f*** up. You don't know what you're talking about, because that's serious. <laughs> but now they're like, okay, talk, talk, tell me some more about this. Uh, I read a really, Fought it to me. Fought it to me. God, I can't <laughs> wait to do that. Um, it looks like, so there is some evidence now that Alzheimer's is a transmissible disease. Really? How? Right? Yeah. Okay. Cats? <laughs> it's probably cats. I knew it! <laughs> ah! um, Checkmate. Cat always used to be the rats, but now it's the cats. Right. Oh, they were just slow playing their hand. <laughs> <laughs> it is a slow killing disease. Yeah. Very sad. So um, they found uh, a link between people with early onset Alzheimer's and uh, certain uh, disease treatments that they had received. In particular, um, some hormone therapy that was derived from cadaver pituitary gland material. Sure. Also people who had received transplants of Duramater, which is the thick leathery membrane over your brain. Whoa. Brain bag. These people, uh, the, 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 you know, and it's, it's that one of those things that I think will repeat itself in medical history forever. They didn't know to look for something. And it's kind of like how all those people got HIV from transfusions in the eighties. They didn't know to look for it. People were developing uh, Critzfield-Jacob disease, which is a, a prion disorder, but these people would also develop Alzheimer's. The um, uh, what was that? The the plaque um, amyloid plaques that build up. It's it's in your brain. What what Alzheimer's is is uh, it's a misfolded protein in your brain, um, and your brain starts to create more and more of this stuff, and it just gunks up the whole system. It's just uh, it's, it's these. That's why they call it a plaque. It's it's just an amyloid that a false of a badly folded protein and it just starts messing with your cognitive functions and it inhibits uh neuron firing. Sounds like we need some brain Listerine. Mm. Swish, swish, spit. 60 seconds every night. <laughs> For as long as I can handle it, stuff still burns my mouth and I'm kind of an alcoholic. So <laughs> this stuff's tough. What about the non-alcohol version? They make that now. Or you just refuse to put it in your mouth. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, son of a ding dang. I mean, it still kind of burns a little bit, but it's not alcohol. It's something else. Okay, that's that's more alarming. <laughs> you you put me back on the alcohol one. But here's, don't worry, it still burns. You just don't know why. No, it doesn't burn. <laughs> it doesn't burn as much or the same as the traditional alcohol version. I will say that. But I'm sure they found, as I was reading in the book, the power of habit. If it doesn't make you feel something, you don't develop the habit because it doesn't feel like it worked. So if the listerine left you no feeling other than oh, I just swished water around in my mouth. Uh, people wouldn't continue to use it because they wouldn't get they wouldn't get the benefit of the feeling. Huh. 
The only reason your your toothpaste your toothpaste tingles partly because minty, but mostly because you need that feeling to to feel afterwards. So so this this other this alternative mouthwash is it's like Uncle it's like Doctor Antebellum's old time barber cayenne mouthwash. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and dysentery serum. Yeah. <laughs> now with less now with less opiates. <laughs> One <to> tonic. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more old timey than the original pea colored Listerine with alcohol. Oh, that is true. And, I mean, <laughs> and what, like morphine or something, too? Yeah. <laughs> like, they used to have some sh in there. Yeah, in, in Japan, it's got a snake in it. <laughs> what, what does it have in it, in Dave? In Dave Stecco's place. <laughs> oh, is it? Isn't that, that, that running joke that they have in the, the league? It's three penis wine. Yep, that's right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. So, Listerine for the brain. Right. Um, so, the problem is this. Uh, How do you get Listerine to the brain? Yeah, it's got to get okay. through that brain bag I just found out exists. So, prion disease is a pretty new thing on the scene, and prions are extraordinarily simple circular proteins. Made by Toyota. Made by Toyota. It's a hybrid. Quality. And they are re- responsible for mad cow disease, uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob in, in, in humans. Hoof and mouth? Uh, nope. No. Gah. Sorry, brother. So close. Um, but they, uh, a whole lot of, of neurological diseases, these things attack brains and they f- you up. So the point is, is that, uh, they, they, they figured that they started to key in because they had these groups of people who were developing Alzheimer's far earlier than they should have. And, and so they tried to look for any causality and they realized these people had received, they, they had had cadaver material put in them, whether it be from a, a Duramata transplant or from one of these therapies that from uh, cadaver pituitary glands, which they don't use at all anymore. Now they just, everything's synthetic. Oh, but they didn't know to screen for these prions, and the prions were actually instigating uh, early onset Alzheimer's. And so, while then they were very clear to say this, you are not going to get Alzheimer's from high fiving or any of those things. But that the 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 phrase that they use is that these um, infected tissues can seed your brain for uh, these amyloid plaques for these, the, the, to begin the formation of these, uh, these, these bad proteins. So you're, there's not a, there's not a direct causality there, but you're saying, they're saying you get a, you get an ACL from a dead body that part of that travels to your brain. You're prone to Alzheimer's. You develop Alzheimer's. Well, not necessarily any tissue. It has to be, uh, brain. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Exactly, because okay. that's where that's where the that's where prion disease. I mean, cultures who would eat brains would would have. Uh, that's where Kreutzfeldt Jacob was. Uh, uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I know that there were cultures where this was a huge problem, where they there is a limited like uh, uh, religious cannibalism, things like that, and cheered monkey brains. <laughs> yes, and and eating brains was a huge problem with this. Some especially cat, mad cow disease and and Kreutzfeldt Jacob. Surprise. <laughs> What's a surprise? <laughs> Give me your hat. Why? I'm going to puke in it. <laughs> Temple of Doom. <laughs> That's great, but the thing you said about the hat made me think of Massive Head Wound Harry. 
one of my favorite oh. all-time Saturday Night Live sketches, <laughs> <laughs> where everything just went. That was the best. Hilariously long, exactly. <laughs> just put a dog in there, let it eat the massive head wound. <laughs> You've got hilarity. Probably smells my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they're they're they're. I mean, they they have a lot more research to do into this. But the initial uh, the initial research looks like maybe there's some kind of there's kind of a link there, but which, which I honestly think would be almost good news because it means that you can kind of trace the ideology of these diseases and learn a little bit more about how these diseases form. Hmm. What does it mean for does a person still exist? Uh, assuming this all plays out in the direction it seems to be pointing, does that mean that? Uh, if I've never encountered a treatment that involves uh, a dead person's brain or outside prions, then I won't get Alzheimer's. There's no way for me to develop it myself. It has to be transmitted. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, this is like the the, the initial round where they're like, right. "Holy crap, we think there's something here." That's the direction but, it points. Yes. Wow. Yes. I don't know why that makes me feel better. I could still catch it. Uh- <laughs> Well, at this point, I mean, like I said, so they, uh, the hormone therapies, that's all synthetic now. Yeah. And now that they, they realize this is a risk factor, they can actually screen people for prion disease. Well, but but will they? Screen the tissue. They have to. They do. Yeah. That's happening now? Well, I mean, think about like, uh, you know, for, for any donated tissue, for any uh, our organs or material harvested for donation, um, it, it is very rigorously screened. So tell me again what, what dead brain parts people are getting put in them. Uh, the, the article that I read specifically mentions a Duramater, which is... Uh, the brain bag. Sort of, yeah. There are uh, three layers that protect your brain. It's the Duramater, the Piamater, and then there's the subarachnoid space, which... Uh, that was my favorite ship when they made us draw those <laughs> in elementary school. Um, I hated going there when I was on those missions to Mars. When you... Subarachnoid space... <laughs> When space you, spiders. Here's what they sound like. Because they're in space. Oh, in space, nice. no one can hear you, spider. <laughs> when when you say you know you're dissecting a brain, yes. The 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 dermoter it is tough to get through. It is a protective layer, and then the piamoter underneath that is very very delicate. Um, and so what they're sweet. So for these people who I don't know if they had, uh, it doesn't really say a traumatic head injury, perhaps maybe meningitis. I don't know. But then they they graft this over to kind of to fix that that damaged area of the the dermoter. I I didn't know that was happening. I didn't know there were that. I actually never heard of that before myself. Huh. Like, and it can't it can't be that common, right? Right. right. Well, exactly. But Alzheimer's is relatively common, right? Right. Well, and that's the thing. the the important The other important thing here is to say it's not that everyone who has Alzheimer's at some point. You know, it's like wrestled a mad cow. Mm-hmm. Like it can formulate on its own. What they're saying is they found this this, this particular uh, this particular group of people who were getting diagnosed with Alzheimer's far earlier, even in some cases than even early onset. And they were saying, well, what makes these people different? And they were able to thread it together. All these people had received this these types of therapies. So, which is why it's good for the research in Alzheimer's to say, okay, well, it turns out that. If by these prions can jumpstart the process. Now the, uh, uh, we still don't know where Alzheimer's comes from, you know, in, in the average person, but by knowing, okay, these, these prions can start the process, can, can kickstart someone into getting Alzheimer's. Then they can study like, what was the mechanism? 
What is it about these that makes Alzheimer's formulate? And then they get a better look at how early Alzheimer's is, and maybe they get a better earlier detection. Maybe they understand the mechanism of Alzheimer's formation better and can do something more to stop it. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you just had to like microwave your brain for 10 seconds a year, would you do it? Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. To to stop Alzheimer's. Right. They're like just. Just just, kill whatever's in there. Yeah. This will, this will, uh, this will diffuse the prions. Just a preemptive treatment there, to microwave your brain. There, no side effects? I mean, maybe a little, but not terrible. You forget a couple of uh, your multiplication tables. Somebody I've already done that. Yeah, That's done. done. I already paid that price. <laughs> I think that the, 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 the weird thing about, uh, like, if, you, if there was something you could do, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know very much about Alzheimer's, but it feels like sort of a moral disease. What does that mean? <laughs> like, to me, because, th- like, there's so much research, it's like, oh, well, if you keep active, you keep your brain occupied, you can stave off Alzheimer's. I, I, I see that in a lot of articles and, and things like that. But that's true of most diseases, isn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it implies that you're brain lazy. And that's <laughs> like a use it or lose it sort of thing. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case or if there's some other mitigating factors that people who are very involved with the rest of their lives are just healthier in general. Right. Or if it's just like, oh, well, if you just decide to, to hang out and, and read Harlequin romance novels shortly uh, available on the blurry photos website well i can't remember the names of, of my two awesome series of harlequin romance novels but yeah they'll be available shortly you know but like if if it, there's like this Im- implication that if you're just like yeah i don't know i like to watch tv and, and not do much else and they're like well then you get alzheimer's you earned it because you're not playing chess or 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 doing brain puzzles sudoku available in the app store for 2.99 right so i don't know like i it, it's an odd thing which it could be i mean there's so many other parts of your of your body physiologically through lack of stimulation or lack of use atrophy and and become more prone to disease it just seems and, and maybe it's totally likely maybe maybe that's just the way it works it just to me it seems strange that that there's there's the cognitive function of that as well that your brain will become more prone to a particular disease through lack of stimulation and lack of use i mean to me it make it it's perfectly one-to-one with muscles I mean, yeah. the brain's not a muscle, but the the action is the same, right? You use a muscle, it's it's healthy and and grows. You use the brain, it's healthy. It doesn't grow, but it stays healthier. Ah! <laughs> oh no, his brain is huge. Yeah, his we got to put him in a sensory de- de- deprivation tank. Nothing but the Kardashians <laughs> for two weeks. He needs a new brain bag. That one isn't big enough. Yeah, I, see, but but the, but but it's not the same at all. I mean, because um, you know, there's there's there are physical processes in musculature that that. That, that are the reason why a muscle oh, gets larger. I get that, but your brain's a physical bag of cells, just like your muscles are. But it's is it is it just the amount of electricity that's pumping through your brain? I don't, I don't know. Me neither. I don't know. I, I saw something uh, today, actually, about things that affect brain power. What is it? What do you, what do you even call that? It's gotta have mind power. IQ? Mind power. Intelligence? Well, no, it's, no. Brain size? I let mean, me, let me psionic see ability? Ooh. Real quick. Is this is um, this about Jean Grey? <laughs> Here it is. Oh, that's uh, astonishing. X Men. I was just reading a comic book, of course. <laughs> oh, boo! <laughs> uh, there's a thing going around Imgur right now that uh, is talking about uh, the immune system directly tied to mental function. Mental function is what I was trying to think of. Oh. <laughs> um, Irony alert. Right. <laughs> <I'm>, <coughs> oh, you guys, we have fun. <laughs> uh, 
and then it also says that the bacteria physiology in your gut even plays a part with how it can stress your, it. Stress. Your gut biome is failing you, Dave. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I don't have any of these. <laughs> okay, well, here's here's my question. I have one simple question. What is the name of the user that posted this? <laughs> Ricky Boo Bye. Okay, so Ricky Boo Bye's got got some thoughts. Also, that uh, well, there's there's links here too. Pollution apparently affects brains, and and again, this is just like you know articles linking to like. Here's some things that that we're finding out about uh, brain function. Um, Hi, I'm Ricky Booba. I'm worried about your brain. I'd like you to read more about it. Listen, don't you don't have to listen to me tell you about it. Here's the here's the sources. Don't forget, Ricky Booba, who's looking out <laughs> you know, for you. Pollutants in the air, uh, bacteria, chemicals that that get in your system, pesticides can uh, go up and start doesn't, working on that brain. Doesn't every item in that list seem like it's an obvious possibility? Yeah. It's like that's all stuff that uh, uh, threatens us at every but which just way. Just walking outside and walking to work, just to commute, is you wouldn't think of as as making your your mental functions as hampering your mental functions. Right? I guess you I wouldn't. feel my feel my mental functions hampered every time I wake up and go. I've got to go to work. I feel a part of me die. Uh, and here's the last part: sleep. Oh, way to go, Ricky Booba! <laughs> you got it. <laughs> the trick is to not wake up. It's yeah, true. Yeah. I actually uh, phone late. <laughs> I have I have I have altered my sleep schedule as of this week. I am now like a ten thirty to eleven p.m. go to sleeper now. Decided to try working out in the mornings, uh-huh. which is insane. Ten, uh-huh. You mean waking up at 10.30 in the morning? <laughs> I wish. I wish. No, I go to bed now. I used to go to bed at 12.30 at night, just mm-hmm. about every night. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm backing that up. And I'm going. I'm waking up earlier, going to the gym. I'm only two days into it. So far, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> I never can. I, I just, Wake up and go to the gym, you mean, I, or go to bed at 10.30? <laughs> yes, to- Put, put me down for one of each. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I have to stay up, and and I can't wake up. You know what I mean? That is kind of true of me too. I I waking up is easier than waking up and getting up and going out and working out. That is that's all too much for me. I uh, am I. No one is more shocked than me that like that this is still happening. Like, like, two days like, into it, yeah, no, two <laughs> days into it because that's first of all a full day longer than it's lasted in the past. <laughs> Be, but like, yeah, like I'm I'm. I'll be on the train going uh, downtown because my, my gym is right by where I work. And I'll be like, I cannot believe this is f-ing working. How the f*** did I get on this train? Huh? All right. <laughs> it really hasn't been that big a deal. And when, at 1030, you're sleepy. You go to bed and you fall asleep. Yeah, because I woke up early and then went to the gym like an idiot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's cause yeah. and effect. Cause and effect. Yeah, and I'm, I feel like if I can if I can keep this train rolling mm-hmm. smoothly for a month, mm-hmm. then I can double my workouts. I can work out before and after work. Why? So that I can become sexy. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. That's I just crazy. thought that was a cool little science story about uh, about a, a malady that is very poorly understood. Yeah. Well. Yeah. A small, tiny uh, glimmer of hope around the corner of progress towards. Yeah. That bit of business. So, uh, so let's see, Jay, you got another one for us, don't you? Yeah, hit us, Jay. I do. I think it needs to be pointed out, celebrated, and dis- uh, dissected. The speed of light broken. It's over. We did it, everybody. <laughs> no, wait, wait. This is like the third time we did it, though. Really? It's what were the other God times? Tape. There was uh, some guys at CERN. Uh, well, there- guess what? It's CERN again. <laughs> yeah. All the- right, CERN. boy who cried wolf. They said that they had sent uh, neutrinos, not neutrinos, yeah, neutrinos yeah, from- so. 
uh, from Switzerland to Italy, and uh, it had broken it. So when was that? A few years ago? Yeah, like 18 months, two years ago. And it turned out not to be true? That yeah, was the end was, of the result yeah, of that? Yeah, it was, it was, a, yeah it, was a, it was their detectors were not as accurate. As All right, show. well, shut your mouth because they've done it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this time for real. Oh, <laughs> somebody, somebody at that CERN has to erase the number on the dry erase board. <laughs> number, number of days since the speed of light <laughs> broken. <laughs> Oh, we were they, were they were like two weeks away from that fondue party. I can't wait for the gung ho style reboot movie about this. <laughs> wow. Bringing in some Japanese executives to help them learn how oh, to yeah. break the speed of light properly. Weekend at Cerny's. <laughs> oh man, I am just two weeks away from a pizza party. This is just the time. He, he really is, wants to throw something at my junk right yeah. now. I, I got that sense. Yeah. Did you feel it? Just <laughs> so. How did they? How did they break it? Now. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, the victim is uh, fifteen thousand beams of neutrinos. Mm-hmm. Those tiny particles. When was this written? No, this was. I swear, this was. Uh, no sh- January twenty third. Oh. oh boy! That's the <laughs> Throwback science. No, this came off of maybe it is old science. It came off of Twitter. Uh, oh, we, two days ago, <laughs> we all, the dog's pissed about the you, breaking of light. You summoned the kraken. <laughs> uh, As he hates clapping. <laughs> <laughs> in dog, that was shut the f- up in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in Wired, which linked uh, to Telegraph uh, last week. But it does seem to be kind of a rehash of the story you're telling, Dave Stecco. So. Uh-oh. It's just, uh, it really is the, the boy who cried neutrino. <laughs> what is it? So it, it, it's just that they measured something. Yeah, light would have covered the distance in around 2.4 thousandths of a second, but the neutrinos took 60 nanoseconds or 60 billionths of a second, less than light beams would have taken to circle that thing, the accelerator. So so they're saying it circled yeah. because the, yeah. the story that we were talking about was one one place yeah, to go. See, so that's why it's different. That's why it's okay. legit. Okay. Too legit to stop. Hey, hey. <laughs> now, so that would oh, Im- so that would imply that it's a uh were they inducing a faster speed out of out of the neutrinos because it was in the is in the in the collider, I assume? Neutrinos well, you know, they must have a round trip. It says uh neutrinos pumped from CERN near Geneva to Grand Sasso in Italy. Right, oh. sixty nanoseconds quicker than would have done. So, oh, this is this one's. Uh, so maybe they maybe they write back bored at it. Wired. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, let's I just mean, pull up an old. Here's the rehash. thing. No, no, I mean, what's to say? Like, it's it's not like any scientist is like, oh, we think we found a thing. Oh, you didn't find it. Oh, well, we already burned the lab down. You know, like of course they'd go back to work on it. Right. So you're you're saying they tried it again? It screwed up again? I don't know if it screwed up. I mean, they yeah, just said the first, like when this, this came up before, they, they said that, oh yeah, our detectors weren't quite working properly, mm-hmm. but it could still be that they did it right. And their detector, you know, like they could have done it then. And they had a problem with their detectors, they right? Fixed the problem with their detectors. And then they just reproduced their results. I, you know, I don't know. Could it be? As the Mythbusters are fond of saying, a negative result is still a result. Yeah. You've learned something and you go right back to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So what does that mean then? I'm skeptical. I, I'll tell you. I'll Fair tell enough. you that right now, gentlemen. I, 
I do not believe this to be a, an accurate uh, measurement. <laughs> you're you're convinced that, uh, like Einstein, believed that the speed of light is an unbreakable law of our universe. As of right now, this this doesn't uh, convince me because it sounds like the same chuckleheads that did it before. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Why I'm I'm optimistic that this could be real. Yes, why? Because, because Dave's a contrarian. <laughs> because I'm a contrarian. Well, Flora, you made the mistake of establishing a position. And so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, so for example, the speed of light is constant to all observers, regardless of their motion. Mm-hmm. That's hinky. <laughs> He's got a point, David. Yeah, that's no, hinky. That, that's, no, that's that is a true. that is a weird thing yeah that no matter it's, how fast it's also weird that it's a wave and a particle yep yep and and it's but it, it's weird that re- regardless of the the motion of the observer that the speed is always the same to me that implies that there's something else going on that maybe we don't really conceptually understand and so why not have a scientist you know using these particles using uh our artificial means maybe i i don't i don't have any idea aside from the thought that it seems strange that no matter how fast you're moving, it always is going the same speed relative to you. Right. It it kind of uh, it seems to mean that light is like bending or ripping space, right. so it can cover more ground. Right. Yeah. There's like there's a piece of it that is that I think is active that we're not interpreting. Right. And so maybe maybe through these experiments, they're able to kind of push back that 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 curtain just a little bit, and and kind of get get to the the. Uh, the the truth of it uh, or or your more accurate depiction of what's happening and i think that because when you when you cap all of explored space in the known universe at at the speed of light you, you you're creating a a rate at which you can possibly experience anything you can only be aware of things within that radius at that amount of time and well, maybe I mean, that's the only thing that keeps us from going mad maybe uh, it, it, it could be some sort of exclusion that happens that way because I mean, faster than light travel is functionally time travel mm-hmm. because you are moving faster than a person could possibly experience the, you know, the events that, that you're generating. Fair point. Yeah. So, you know, you, you could fire a gun and get hit by the bullet. Oh yeah. Let's do that. That's uh, a good offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right next to the volcano trash theme yeah. park. <laughs> right. At, at which point somebody goes, no, 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 no. Amago Dennis, he did that. And he was no scientist. <laughs> I'm saying you fire the gun away from yourself. Um, <laughs> Let me ask, can I ask this point of order, which I think you guys can clarify for myself, uh, back to the idea of quantum entanglement, which has been brought up in this podcast before. Uh-huh. Uh, that is proven. That exists. Yes. That's not a theory. That's not. Yeah, that yeah. that that is a, doing it that now. is proven. We can see that they it happens. Have teleported things. Okay, and uh, in the process of quantum entanglement, uh, the explanation is not that anything has been passed between the two entangled particles. There is no uh, the entanglement doesn't mean that they're like beaming a show between the two of themselves. Somehow, in a way we don't understand, they're experiencing the same thing at the same time. Yeah, it's there. I mean, there's obviously a lot of theories about it. Yeah, the the last one that I read that I, I really liked was that the two particles are linked in a manner that we are not perceiving that in maybe some higher spatial dimension or something like that, that the, the particles, uh, it's not magic and it, and they are clearly reacting to each other, but perhaps in a, in a, in a means that we're not currently equipped to detect. Well, so, uh, my question then is the only thing that keeps the established, uh, fact of quantum entanglement 
from inducing scientists to say there is time, uh, there is the speed of light is being broken by the information between those two particles, is that outside of that theory, we do not believe information is being passed. So if the information is a, is a scream, if the particles are going, hey, in, in a metaphor, that is not happening. There is nothing passing between them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's what is so unique about quantum entanglement is that it, it, there's no causal effect. There is no signal being uh, uh, emitted by one that is being detected by the other. They are acting in perfect synchronicity regardless of their distance, which at this point and for our experiments are very short distance. Even our, our, our teleportation, they are single uh, photons or electrons that are being teleported a, a small, small distance. Enough as a proof of concept, but nothing useful. And the two things are are. are functionally are very different but you can get i mean and you even have particle superposition you can have a particle simultaneously existing in two places which again they've done they do a lot of this research in uh boulder uh which is amazing because they're so fucking high there but um <laughs> but yeah there like there are so many strange things that happen in in in, in particle physics that that it it it's I hate I hate saying it because it sounds so vague, mm-hmm. but there there is clearly like a, another shell of understanding that's guiding these things that we're that we're butting our heads up against, uh, and trying to trying to figure out. So I, I hope I hope it they, over and expose its soft underbelly. Yeah, I hope I hope that they that that that, that it stands that they they found something that that violates the speed of light so that we can kind of stop relying on that as as the limit of what we know anything that kind of puts a a a crowbar in that i'm i'm all for i personally i hope i hope that it it stands up to scrutiny i mean statistically historically it won't right but i i i I remain hopeful i think that one of the reasons i mean and it's dumb to say that we're stagnating we're making scientific progress like we can't imagine. Mm-hmm. But I think in our conceptual understanding of the universe, I think that there is like kind of a, a stalling and I, and I feel like there, there is something more to be understood. That's not, not metaphysical or touchy feely or, you know, it's, it's love. That's what you're missing. <laughs> you got to raise your frequency. <laughs> I, I think that there is, there is another layer of, of complexity uh, beyond what we understand. And I think anything that pushes against that is, is great. And you think uh, at some point when it's understood, then uh, the, the broader idea of physics, gravitational physics and subatomic physics will make sense together. We don't understand how, but well, hopefully there would be a unified field theory at that point. You believe right. that's a thing that will exist at some point. I do. I do indeed. I think the unified field theory uh, does exist, even if we don't know what it is yet. And mm-hmm. I think actually they made a huge uh, breakthrough last week. I read the very short article that we could easily have done here that uh, there's a team of scientists that have claimed to have finally directly observed gravitational waves. Yeah, I saw something about that. I didn't understand it. Yeah. And so they, I, I didn't either. I mean, in, in gravity <laughs> research, man, that's deep. It <laughs> will put your brain and ass to sleep because of the gravity. Yeah. It's, it is, that stuff is, is, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah. But, but, but by the virtue of the fact that they directly observe uh, gravitational waves, that's a, that's a huge step because that, that's one of the, the big problems with uh, Einstein versus quantum, you know, a relativistic, uh, because the difference between waves and particles that, that, that quantum mechanics almost requires a, a, a force carrying particle, whereas uh, uh, relativity is just everything can be kind of loosey goosey, wavesy style. And it could be both like light wave particle duality who's to say light did it again um, oh, it's no, always there for you I, i'm sorry i, I misspoke uh, the the einstein has more of a, a field theory 
gravitational fields, um, which is where you get the curvature of time space and things like that. Right. Yep. metric tensor. And, um, and so to find something that says, yeah, we, we saw gravitational waves that starts to kind of tip the balance in a direction. And if nothing else, it paves the path for even more, uh, specific research into it. Cause that's the last piece of the puzzle figure out gravity, which is a, a delicious irony being in that it's the thing that's really, it was uh, the first and it will be last. Yeah. It's a, it's our Cylon. <laughs> cool. Cool guys, man. Yeah. Uh, wish, Flora, wish we were in Boulder right now. Flora, <laughs> yep. Flora you are in Boulder. You are, <laughs> you are quantum guys. entangled with some sweet bud right now. <laughs> Far out guys. All right. <laughs> All right. We have fun. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of a 180 here and get us into some weird shit. No, Jesus! Headless flying humanoid seen in Illinois. Quote: It was like Mothman without the head. This is uh, coming to us from Normal, Illinois. Yep, the normalest place in the state. Yep, methinks this the county doth protest too much. an anonymous witness uh, said it was outside his home uh, getting ready to watch the Torrid Meteor Shower. Yep. That was uh, last November, actually, uh, when this happened. But I guess he's just coming forward with this. But uh, he said, quote, I turned out the lights in the house so it'd get dark uh, and waited for about five or ten minutes and saw my first fireball. And then he said he, he got a chair, a soft choice drink. Of words, but she <laughs> <laughs> got a chair and a soft drink and he sat there waiting for the shower in the house. I think it was out, out on his oh, porch. Okay. Could have been a veranda. <laughs> sure. Could have been sitting on a Davenport. Screened in porch. Is that a veranda? What's the difference? Open foyer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on how many petticoats you have. I think that's what he said. He was I have a junction of them. He's <laughs> about to lose interest in it because he wasn't seeing very many. And then he noticed <laughs> ah, uh, this stupid shower. <laughs> then he noticed something coming toward him. He said he could make out what it was, and uh, he tried to get a better look at it, but according to him, my mind and eyes wouldn't let me accept what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. It glided straight over my porch, so I jumped up and ran to the south end of it and waited for it to come on over there. <laughs> uh, now, apparently, this gentleman claims to regularly pilot small piston-powered aircraft, <laughs> said, uh, <laughs> said the strange object was about 20 feet wide. And it had, quote, something hanging down underneath. <laughs> he said it had no lights, made no noise. Was that followed by a slide whistle? Ooga. <laughs> 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 said it made no noise, seemed to be gliding. Uh, and he said, I can judge pretty well how high something is. And by judging with that, if it were a plane, I could have read the numbers on it. He said he could see it, and it seemed to adjust for gliding, but had no known propulsion. It stayed even keeled, same elevation, same speed, same direction. How high up was it? How high up was it? Uh, how high was he? That that it doesn't say. He says how how he knows how wide it was, but uh, it was. It, I guess it was close enough over his porch that could have read the numbers. Could have read the numbers. It, and and then he he says he believes it to be some sort of entity, but it didn't have a head. He said <laughs> I could see the legs and dark brown wings, no head, and and it didn't have a head. Oh, did did uh, this this guy should have made some purchases from the HSN, the Hate Shopping Network? 
because this this probably could have gotten sold could have gotten settled with one really well thir- placed yeah one well placed crane jangler crane jangler yeah <laughs> uh nor I I'm not sure where norm normal is it's south of here right isn't it <laughs> yeah it's downstate brother downstate. I got no fucking idea where it is there's right because it's normal <laughs> <laughs> and there's downstate it's downstate yeah that's so, all we need to know so he doesn't know what it is. That's about it. He thinks but, it's a humanoid. Yeah. But he thinks it's humanoid in shape, I guess I should say. I'm I'm having trouble in my mind's eye joining the idea. It's a glider. It's it's it's, it's simultaneously yeah. a glider and also humanoid and also without a head. Yeah. I'm it's like, a, is it a, a glider or is it a human? Is well, it is like a flying squirrel? It's gliding. Yeah. It's, so, it's a so, Veritech fighter is what it is. It's part robot, part, part aircraft. All badass. Is Veritech different than Robotech? Am I, so I think that's what they called those oh, things in Robotech. Okay, yes. We've talked before about how hard it is to judge the size of something yep. that's in the air, Hanging that's, down. Yeah. that is moving, that's far away from you. And, you know, the guy, you know, claims to be a pilot as... He has experience with spaces and distances and exactly, angles and things. Yeah, yeah. And pistoning. Yeah. He knows um, about the pistons. I, I don't know. I feel like... When you're not expecting, I mean, he even admits that his mind wouldn't let him accept what he was seeing. Right. Which is why it's so hard for me to decide that, oh, here's where the head should be, and it's not there, as opposed to this is something that has a head in a different place or doesn't have a head. I think, see, I think this guy kind of psyched himself out. He created an unwitting sensory deprivation tank for himself. Oh. He picks it like a, a clear, quiet night, turns all the lights in his house off, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have the anchor point of that. Yeah. Goes outside and he's staring straight up for a while. Waiting for fireballs. Waiting for fireballs. I don't think you have a lot of uh, depth perception at that point. And again, I don't know how much ambient light there was. There's a lot of, you don't know, but it is, it is, it's hard to tell how high something is. Uh, If it's moving, I mean, if it's moving fast enough to glide, it's, it's moving. And and if, if the distance is extreme, I mean, listen, it galls me. It just, it sickens me to say this smells real sandhill craney. A long, thin head, easy to miss. I I would uh, I would even go so far as to say it's a little Flatwoods monsterish to me. Yes, it is. It I sounds kind of like an owl to to me. Yeah, the darker plumage, no sound at all. No sound. You know, the head when they're flying, mm-hmm. the, I, I feel like the head it's small enough to kind of go down, kind of get lost if the, the wings are out. In the shoulders, yeah, yeah, owl shoulders. Do owls glide though? Yes, oh, they yeah. oh, they do? They're super silent. Okay. That's, that's actually how they hunt, is they'll flap a few times, and then they have this really uh, specific design to the, 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 the feathers on their wings, on the, the, the tail end of their wings, the, the, the last edge, um, disrupt the air in such a way that they don't make any sound. There's no, like, that you would hear from, like, uh, other birds or even you know regular fixed wing aircraft make that you can hear the rushing sound of the air going over it it disrupts that and so they glide silently and that's how they hunt yeah i, I guess i should take this opportunity because there will never be a more appropriate time for this terrible story than i'm about to say yes that i connect to this gentleman uh because growing up in in nebraska uh one time during the day without playing wiffle ball with my brother uh what i can only believe was a sandhill crane or possibly a whooper will some long thin bird definitely a bird flew over our house this was not a common thing giant birds did not fly over our house very often but this time a, a crane got far enough east of nebraska that flew over our house and i was so i was so blown away by the size of the thing that all i could say was 
big bird. <laughs> it broke your brain a little? Yeah, and point. That's and what got, I did. And then got smacked in the side of the head with a wiffle ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother wasn't waiting. Yeah. I told you to pitch. I told you to keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> So so when you saw it, it, it was massive, huh? Yeah, it was a big bird in the middle of the day. I'm like, I've never seen a bird that big this close, you know? When they get, it, 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 I think it does surprise a lot of people yeah. how big birds are yeah. when they get close to you, you know? And Even I think, like buzzards and stuff. Or, and I think that's why people assume, I think, for two reasons. One, just as that guy clearly said, you know, like, it's hard for your brain to accept that data. So I think two things happen. One. You think, well, I know how big birds are, so that bird's got to be this far away. Right. And two, there's probably a little fear response like, oh, no, no, that bird is over there. It's not that close. It's it's farther yeah, and if away. something is coming straight at you or right yeah. over you or something, that, that doesn't help, I think. It, it just, when he talks about dark brown wings and he could see the legs, to me, that just screams owl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's talking about not being able to see ahead and and stuff too i um he doesn't in the article from cryptozoology news uh, he doesn't say it had long human human like legs you know it didn't have feet or right he just calls it he humanoid it, he he said it was humanoid in shape and then that legs were hanging down from it <laughs> It'd be nice if he had like a little sketch or something that he could crank out right where's yeah. the uh, where's the police sketch artist to help right. in on this so that's that's going on in in normal. So so now what we need to do what we need to do is keep our uh, ears to the ground for any tragedies that happen in normal. Oh, true. If, yeah, is if it the harbinger? Yeah, if something bad happens uh, uh, anytime soon this year, then maybe there's something to this. Yeah, that'd be kind of creepy. Should we start subscribing to the? Does normal have a newspaper? The no, normal bugle. Go, just put a Google <laughs> normal paper. Google alert. On Will that, that do it? Will that capture all the news out of normal? Uh. <laughs> now, 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 people, don't go and manufacture some kind of disaster. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just kind of encourage that. Yeah. This is. This go is ahead. Shut ma- up, contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's a genuine disagreement. I would encourage people to go to normal Illinois, kick up some weird shit. Just don't get shot because I, I feel like they're armed. I was going to say, if people got hurt, you would feel bad I and would. you would be culpable. I would not be culpable, but I would feel bad. You Didn't you incite this? I just encouraged people to get cool. <laughs> you want to be cool, don't you? Get cool. Get For all cool. I know, that means go there and get set up a soup cool, kitchen. Boy. I don't know. For all they know, it means, you know, un- unload a shotgun on a guy you don't know. <laughs> Well, that's up to them, man. <laughs> Call it an owl. Yeah. I mean, but if you do see a sandhill crane, <laughs> yeah, don't, well, don't go ahead kill and... it, but slap it. <laughs> slap to kill. <laughs> slap to kill. Well, I think that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for uh, for this Bullston. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some good stuff from January. Yeah. From JV January. Right. <laughs> We've branded it now. Yeah. Every every January. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'll have you on every year. <laughs> I'm honored. Jay, uh, uh-huh. Jay, where can uh, people go to find you and and find out more about you and all that? Get that such? five bucks you owe them. <laughs> uh, you can always find me at Twitter uh, at Yojo Musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you- hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> we can get into it, but there's no time here. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to see uh, the animations of Animation Company, you can go to BindleDog.com. If you're curious about what it looks like when it's the end of the line for a ninja. <laughs> 
uh, Jay, Jay is a, an animator, Flash animator, as it were. And uh, since segued out of Flash because Steve Jobs killed it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, so mostly After Effects now, which is a little inside baseball for the animators. Nice. But, yeah. Well, there you go. We got a huge animator base. <laughs> I figured you did. We actually got a lot of artists that We just call this. them maters. Oh, man. Because <laughs> that's how we say it so often we can't afford to lose the time. Mater Reavers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mater Reavers. Uh, what else? And if you want to come see me live, please do. Uh, uh, Laugh Out Loud Theater, LOL Theater, has a brand new location in the city of Chicago. Used to uh, be located in, in Schaumburg on the other side of O'Hare Airport. Still located there. That's the original location. But now there's a proper brand new building with a bar and shows in the city at 3851 North Lincoln, right in the heart of, uh, I guess that's the North Center, roughly, or Lakeview. Uh, so yeah, please come by. Know. See us shows there. Do they rent out space? They do. I think it's it's reasonable. Where, Maybe where ten or twelve it? hours for rehearsal. We, we it might, is a uh, it is half a block south of Martyrs, which you know well. Are you fucking kidding? Me? I am not kidding you. You no. perform walking distance, and I didn't know it. Like ten steps from Martyrs. This location opened actually it hasn't it's officially opened yet. Cross Street oh. is Irving-ish. Or, okay. I don't know what the street south of it is, well, but sh- uh, then, uh, it's yeah, been open. That, like, that Papa John's? Yes, it is just north of the Papa John's. <laughs> These <laughs> are my f***ing references. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's a great all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant right there. The Wasabi Grill is oh. awesome. Now I know. Well, maybe we will talk to you guys in the near, near future about getting a live show going. Cause yeah. Yeah. We are hard up on yeah to get that theaters sorted. that actually listen and to. And I we also have to just say. want to come see you perform because I miss seeing you on stage. JV Gish, you're one of my favorite people to see perform. Oh, yeah, that's, that's sweet, man. Well, I mean it. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm. It's been a long time since I performed in the city proper, but I will be there on a on a semi regular basis on the we. reg. Oh, <laughs> what were you gonna say? <laughs> just on we. on we. <laughs> Uh, well, that's great. Uh, Jay, I'm, I'm glad you uh, were able to come over here and talk with us. It's been, it's been too long. Yeah, right. me too. Thanks for the invite guys. A huge sure. honor. You've built, you've built quite a thing here and it's a, yeah. it's an honor to get to take part. It's the Dude. house that F words built. <laughs> it's the house that farts built. <laughs> As always, you can go to iTunes, uh, to find us and subscribe uh-huh. and, uh, rate us and review us, uh, kindly please. And, yep. uh, Facebook, we're on there, blurry photos podcast, as well as YouTube. If you like that. Troll mm-hmm. land. I do. Um, I do. Love you it. Can, uh, find us on Twitter at blurry underscore photos. Uh, we're on Stitcher. If you if you've got an Android device, you can find us on there. I think we're still on there. I really don't mess with it that much. I don't know any. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, always as always, uh, audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. I yep. uh, get yourself a free audio book and give us a little little something by doing so. Yeah, I just read. Uh, uh, I just listened to a, a Confederacy of Dunces. Great book. Very, God, I love very, that book. very entertaining. And, uh, uh, you know, if you want to give us a helping hand, throw some money at us yeah. uh, at our donate button. Focus your chi, breathe, feet shoulder width apart, then just strike. Kiop. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and also, don't forget the swell folks here for the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. That's right. Um, for example, how about uh, Our Fair City is a, a great uh, ongoing science fiction radio play. You're going to be back on there again, aren't you? I know. I, I think that episode already came out a while ago. Oh. I, I occasionally do little tiny bits and pieces of voice work for well, them. Well, there was a tweet recently where they were like, Story <laughs> Photos going to be on here. Night Vale is going to be on here. Magic Tavern is going to be on here. Speed of Light been broken. 
Yeah, so I don't. Been that. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Truly, uh, but also part of it written by a good friend of this podcast, Mark Soloff. Mm, good guy. Uh, he's been involved in them for a long time, and he writes part of that. And so it's a it's a post apocalyptic science fiction audio epic. Yes, it is an epic for the internet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I played a, a guy who died quickly. You're a red shirt. I was a kind of. I was a henchman, <laughs> oh. and uh, it was fun. I could imagine you playing an excellent henchman. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was. A, it was a ton of fun. They're great people, and and it's it's just. I, I would say it's one of the the most carefully produced things I've ever been a part of. I mean, everyone who's involved with our fair city like meticulously goes over it. They rehearse everything. There's like scripts written and revisions and. They really do everything they can to make every episode the best it can be, and it shows. It's a great show. Huge contrast to this piece. Yeah, no, just the polar opposite. <laughs> we we are the uh, Nibiru to their to their planet <laughs> Earth. Way outside. <laughs> we the just show system. up every now and again, <laughs> f- everything up, and disappear <laughs> into our inky black holes. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a that was a nice full circle on I, that. I like one. it. I like it. Next week on Bullstone. Political cartoonist loses job after failing to label the third puppy in the panel as the liberal media bias. Northside churchgoers say a building's water stain looks just like the Virgin Mary. Reached for comment, the stain said, yeah, I get that a lot. A watched pot never gargoyles? We'll tell you how to repurpose stone sculptures as cookware. All of these exquisite stories and more next time on Bullstone. Bullstone.